So, retrospectors, what historical events are we ticking off on this week's run of Today in History? Well, on Monday, it's the anniversary of kids' classic, The Very Hungry Caterpillar. On Tuesday, how Rockford became the cheese of kings. On Wednesday, we meet the Jobs and Wozniak of the 1800s. On Thursday, the history of the YMCA, from the City of London to the village people. And on Friday, the edgy musical that made Greece the word. We discuss this and more on Today in History with the Retrospectors. Ten minutes each weekday, wherever you get your podcasts. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next? Last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Now's the time to save 30% on wedding jewelry. Only on BlueNile.com. Make sure your wedding ring is the one with your pick of diamond and lab-grown diamond bands. All hand-finished and graded for excellence. Or surprise her with something blue she'll love for life, like a stunning pair of sapphire earrings. Blue Nile's jewelry experts are available 24-7 to help. From fit questions to style advice. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Before we start the show, it's time for another Little Carfection Film Club. And this week is Ferrari F187 Formula One Legend. Ferrari has been part of Formula One since its inaugural season in 1950 with the checkered flag watch his technique of Gerhard Berger Phil what is this one about this is a very nice little film about Ferrari's 1987 and then 1988 car um, which sort of marked a return to them being not terrible it wasn't amazingly successful but it did win a couple of races which hadn't happened for a while and it had a name that included the year so that was nice I find that kind of thing very handy because I was born in 1980 which means I could always work out how old I was in a given year yes so you were 87 then I was mm. 7 oh yes yeah, sorry I liked the film too I also <laughs> liked how it was voiced by somebody that's been on this podcast before yes voiced by Chica Ayers yeah Stand in. Oh yeah, that's right. It was reserve Chica number mm. number seven, I think. Uh, mm. Alex Goy. Thank you. That was our new Car Fiction Film Club. Go check it out now. We have linked to the video in the show notes. Car Fiction, for the love of cars. Welcome to, for Formula One's sake, the F1 podcast that would like to say right up front that we are really glad that Roman Grosjean is okay and that we are only pointing out that he tits it up into a wall through his own keck-handedness because he's not seriously injured. What, what's important in all this is not the safety, it's the fact that it was his fault. Where's his fucking boot? That's what I want to know. <laughs> Welcome to, for Formula One's sake, the F1 podcast that hopes Grosjean will get a stiff penalty for not putting his steering wheel back on after retiring from the race. I mean, I can't see that he's got any excuse. And you fixed the fence. You broke it, you <laughs> Welcome to, for Formula One's sake, the F1 podcast that would play replays of Terry's karting crash over and over and over again, if only the footage existed. I'm sure it must exist somewhere. Don't put Terry through this, okay? No, I want to see it. I want to see how unspectacular it looks. Welcome to, for Formula One's sake, the F1 podcast equivalent to how Bottas is feeling about having Russell as a teammate this weekend. I mean, pretty good, I would have thought. Really? 
Welcome to For Formula One's Sake, making the name Mick great again. Has it not been great? When was the, who's the last good Mick you can think of? Jagger. Oh, Jagger. Hucknall. <laughs> Shut up and listen, you muppets, because I'm Chi Guerrez and this is the Bahrain Grand Prix Teardown. Lewis Hamilton won and was given the prize of coronavirus, but more importantly, Roman Grosjean tried to distract us from his erratic driving by nearly dying in a massive fireball. Thankfully, just cinched his hand and lost a shoe. We'll talk about all that and we'll discuss how all the drivers have changed now because that is much more exciting than the actual race. That's all to come. Joining me is a freelance motoring journalist who is getting fatter by the minute. It is Phil Tromans. Just so you know, you wrote that and I did. Uh, that is not my observation. I've never heard that sentence before and it's pretty <laughs> cruel of you, Chica, if I'm absolutely <laughs> honest. But it is It is true. Um, so uh, fans of shopping will know that it was Black Friday uh, just gone. And, you know, it was, it's been locked down again in the UK and there's not much else to do apart from shop online. So I got a bargain. £14 got me 40 three-packs of Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. And I've just been steadily chewing through them because I don't go out anywhere or do anything other than eat peanut butter cups. So feeling a bit sick. You didn't have to buy them. I mean, I couldn't not. It's £14 for 40 That's an amazing deal. They're horrible, though. No! How dare you? Mm. They're astoundingly good. They're one of those sweets My... that when you're in an office and people have them, you go, yeah, I'll eat five, but I don't want them. No, I'll eat more, and I do want them. My wife, once for my birthday, made me a uh, Reese's Peanut Butter Cup cheesecake, and it's one of the greatest things I've ever had. Trying to fatten you up. And alongside him is a man who has witnessed human brutality in action. It is Terry. I'm a vegan, but don't like to talk about it. Saunders. Hi, everyone. Since I have become a vegan in the last month, I witnessed something that chilled my blood. I went for a run the other week, the other day. Oh, God. Oh, that's not it. No, no, that wasn't it. (laughs) And I saw some men fishing in the river. Yep. And I was I ran past, and you know I'm I'm not going to lie. I didn't think I, I I was a bit slow on the vegan reaction. I didn't think oh shit I must hate that now because of cruelty to fish and everything. I was thinking oh it's fishing that's nice. I wonder what they caught. So I ran nearer, and then one of them got a hammer out and started hammering the head of the fish to death. Wow. And then oh. I was like wow. oh I better be a vegan again. Wasn't that an episode of In Between Us? Um, don't know. I know. Oh, no, they punched. They punched the fish, which is the <laughs> humane way of doing it. Maybe yeah. it's the death penalty. Maybe you know. Yeah, you don't know what that fish did. Mm. <laughs> anyway, just spent the day wanting some tuna. Chica, I almost hesitate to ask after that. But what have you been up to? So I found out in my new job that. The way they like to tell you every year how much they they value you is by giving you um, not a pay rise at Christmas, but they give you a Christmas present to the value of £30. Now, the way they do this is they give you a um, sort of an online catalogue, like a big Argos catalogue, and you decide what you want, basically. And I thought that I would read you my short list and see how well you knew me and then I could tell and then tell me what I chose. Okay. So so my short list was Chica quiz, chica quiz, let me quiz you chica quiz. Good. Um <laughs> number one a pedi prep pedi prep foot spa and pedicure set with nine accessories. No. 
Two, three months unlimited dance and fitness at home classes. Absolutely not. Three, brandy warmer set. What warmer set? Brandy warmer set. Mm-hmm. What you do is you light a candle and then it you put your glass and then it sort of hovers over until your brandy is warm enough. I mean, it sounds like you know quite a lot about this, so maybe. Maybe yeah. a brandy warmer. Uh, number four, learn how to write romantic fiction 14-part online course. Almost definitely. Mm-hmm. Number five, bamboo bread slicer with crumb catcher. Yeah, could be. Something we all need. Right. And number six, oh. Black & Decker 3.6 volt lithium ion cordless dust buster hand vacuum. Ooh. Okay, mm. I don't think you're very much of a bread person. I think you've already got a vacuum. I don't think you need the romantic novels course because you're so good at it anyway. Brandy warmer, you've already got one. What was the first one again? The ped, the pedo Petty spa. prep foot spiral and pedicure set with nine accessories. I think Tom's probably got one of those. So I think you've gone mm-hmm. for the dance lesson thing. I I think the dustbuster. Well, actually, it turns out. Oh, it's a physical object. Hey. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's a dustbuster. Phil knows me best. I can feel the lithium ion charge. Oh. Just look at this. Woo! Chica, I, oh. My desk has never been so clean. I just don't know if this is a very good for the patri- for the smashing the patriarchy when the woman on the podcast gets a choice of a gift <laughs> and buys a fucking Hoover. <laughs> hey everyone, it's Listener's Corner, which now has even more tech pro barriers than before and an extra large fire extinguisher. This is where you tell us your highlights from the last two weeks of F1 and we decide whether to talk about it or not. We'll start with the big talking point of the past week. Tristan Clayton starts us off in class. He says shrewd marketing by Grosjean, plugging a recipe from his cookbook in time for Christmas, a Roman banquet, roast for 20 seconds, a petrol marquette until skin is crispy and legs tender, served lightly smoked with a French red. Paul Hinton says, the crash shows how well all of the safety systems work, but the biggest takeaway for me is that Grosjean managed to escape without any damage to his ribs, really puts the severity of Terry's crash into context. Kevin Barry says, if before the race began, somebody told you that on the very first lap, one driver would crash at high speed into a barrier on a straightaway, which driver would you guess? Yes, me also, and that's who it was. Matt Bryant says, I know people are saying the barrier shouldn't have been pierced, the car shouldn't have split or caught on fire, but there must have been so many individual things that went wrong to get to that point. And the halo, fire protection, cockpit, cell and medical team all worked as they should. I do think the medical car team will have full face helmets moving forward though. Whew. Lots to talk about. Mm. Um, it was a big. It was a big one, wasn't it? I wasn't able to watch it live because small child, so I sort of had an idea that something had happened, but I didn't know what. What were um, we saying? Holy shit, how did he survive that? You go, oh, that might be the race. <laughs> well, yes. Terry and Chica are murdering know, someone again. I didn't know who it was, and I didn't know what kind of crash it was. And then I watched it, and I thought, blimey, you weren't messing about. That was, that was the worst crash I think I've seen in a very, very long time. I mean, visually, worse than the last fatal one. I would say. I, was, I think my first thought was that the pyrotechnics had got off too early. And it was like something like that. It just didn't seem feasible. It was a car. Because mm, yeah. cars don't explode like that. Well, not mm. since... I mean, the Burger in 89 at Imola was the, the obvious one. Because we were all... And that wasn't even that very... Back, 
But that wasn't very explodey. That was kind of the car stops and then you can tell the fuel catches fire. Mm. It doesn't really explode. It just catches fire. This was no, that's true. explode. Proper on impact <laughs> Hollywood. Yeah, this yeah. is like in Hollywood where you shoot a car and it explodes. <laughs> Maybe someone <Yes>. shot him. <laughs> oh, Nobody has said that. God. Nobody Ericsson. said that yet. Yeah. Yeah, Ericsson has got a lot to answer for. So they're obviously going to do an inquiry. Will they publicise the results from it? Oh, yeah, no, I'm sure they will. And I mean, how it's... long do you think that will take? Difficult to say. I would imagine probably not until after the end of the season when they've got you know nothing else better to do. Okay. Um, but it seems fairly obvious from the initial stuff that, that basically one major thing went wrong and that sort of led to another thing sort of going wrong. But the first thing explains it. The, the main thing being that the barrier failed. So there's a little bit of leeway for the circuit in that you probably don't expect anyone to crash there and you can't literally put very expensive tech pro barriers around the entire circuit in every single bit so all they had was sort of relatively old-fashioned armco there which is the steel barriers or aluminium or whatever they are the idea of those is that they bounce the car back in again they dissipate the energy and and you know make it slightly less severe but the angle that Grosjean happened to go into the wall at, entirely of his own volition, we should point out again, um, meant that the nose, which is quite high, speared between the two little sections. Um, that immediately stopped the car very, very quickly. And then the amount of G on the back of it ripped the other half off. And that exposed the fuel tank. Now, the fuel tanks are sort of bag tanks made of Kevlar and all sorts of strong stuff. They're designed to put up with really strong loads, but probably not that strong. And that would be why that exploded. And there's some speculation from clever people like Gary Anderson that the battery was also exposed and a battery next to a ripped fuel tank equals big kaboom. So It's almost like they haven't thought this through, have they? (laughs) (laughs) I would imagine the key thing will be figuring out why the barrier failed and then sort of looking back and going well did anybody break the rules or is this just something that we couldn't really have planned for i mean it's one of those things where if you remember kubitz's crash in 2007 he went into uh, a sort of an exposed bit of fence that normally you wouldn't expect anyone to crash there so why would you why would you plan to particularly prevent that and i think this was a similar a similar kind of thing like it was it was quite a way out the corner and the only reason he crashed is because he turned into Kvyat and didn't realise he was there and speared himself sideways so as one of the as as um, uh, as Paul Hinton and Matt Bryant both said there was that one failure of the fence but the halo particularly worked brilliantly well because when that car went under the barrier there's been two accidents that I can think of where that's happened before at Watkins Glen in 73 and again in 74 and in both of those the drivers were decapitated so if it if that had happened four or five years ago I think he would be dead that would have killed him I mean you saw the damage that a spring did to a to a modern helmet when when Massa got hit in the face Uh, a, a barrier to the head at 134 miles an hour or whatever it was would have killed him so that's worked really well the medical car they were immediately there the marshals did well some of the marshals did pretty well. One marshal in particular did very well. Another marshal ran up and sort of stood at the back and didn't do anything. And another one fired up at his extinguisher from far too far away to do anything. But yeah, one of them particularly did done. very well. 
I always find that if I'm in a group situation where something's quite stressful, I'm the one that's kind of stood there going, oh, can I help? Uh, can I yeah. help? Oh, you do? Oh, yeah. oh, no, you're right. You're right. I think you're right, actually. Yeah, yeah. I'll just wait yeah, yeah. Just give me a shout if you want me. It's fine. I'll be all right. And it's frankly amazing that he managed to 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 get out, to be honest. I mean, to, to, to go from that speed to stopping that fast must mm. have been quite the shock to the system. And I'm amazed he didn't break anything. I mean, again, you know, when you think about some of the injuries we've seen in the past you know Ratzenberger and you know basically ripping his head off because of the weight of his head in the crash there's the hands device doing doing its job for the fact that he a survived that impact b was conscious enough to be able to get out the car um is is incredible and you know he is unlucky in some ways to have had that crash but if it yeah if it had that five years ago it would be it would be another death i think so I think we can all be very glad that we can now uh, quite happily take the piss out of him for ballsing it up in the first place. Do you think he'll drive uh, at Abu Dhabi? I don't know enough about how severely his hands are burnt. It depends how good his hands are, really, I think. Um, Because obviously with modern F1 cars, you need to do all sorts of little fiddling things on the wheel. A couple of plasters. (laughs) Well, do you know what? If I was him, I'd just be like, do you know what? That's enough. <laughs> well, that because that could be the end of his F1 career. Mm. That well, could have been his final action was to was to make a catastrophic error in judgment. And they say, be at and then smash into a wall. Go out in smoke. <laughs> Is that what they say? Isn't that the phrase? Go out in style. I mean, he certainly did that. I mean, it'd be a hell of a retirement. Um, but I don't know. I, you know, I I hope for his sake he gets a relatively uh, um, incident-free race at Abu Dhabi but I'm not sure he'll make it because it's only a week and a bit away Um, well I would say yeah you're right the halo has done its job we can stop minding about how ugly it looks turns out he didn't break his ribs so he doesn't have a clue how bad it is really yeah I mean that's the thing he's 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 there right now doing these Instagrams saying everyone I'm okay my hands are a bit burnt but tell you that week when I cracked a rib didn't do a single Instagram yeah, yeah. <laughs> couldn't it hurt yeah. too much well you know it's one thing crashing at the Bahrain Grand Prix it's another thing entirely to crash you know in a, in a real event like the Missed Apex karting event where, it is know, another thing halo. I didn't have a halo no and he lost there his boot no, in the no crash more. I lost my glasses so the other big talking point of the week came after the Bahrain Grand Prix because on Tuesday Mercedes revealed that Lewis Hamilton had tested positive for COVID-19 and will miss the second Bahrain race this coming weekend. It is the first time he's missed an F1 race. He is going to be replaced by Jack Russell. Wait, is that right? Does Roscoe know? Oh wait, sorry, he will be replaced by George Russell, stepping up from Williams and he'll be replaced by British F2 ace Jack Aitken. James Kerr asks, can Russell win? No. No. Could do. I mean, let's be honest, he could. He's been, you know, he does, he knows the car a bit. He does know the car a bit and he's a good driver, but he doesn't have much time in it. And Bottas, for all us mocking him, is rather quick. Can I ask a basic question though? Yes. Why did they not choose Van Dorn? Well. (laughs) Well. Just to (laughs) piss on our t-shirt sales. (laughs) (laughs) yes which are still i think in the shop uh why not van dorn well i was a little bit surprised that they didn't pick van dorn but when you think about it um russell is a mercedes 
contracted driver as well. And he has a hell of a lot more F1 experience recently than Stoffel van Dorn, who hasn't raced for two years, is it? Um, yeah. And let's be honest, wasn't as good as we sort of were led to believe that he might be while he was in. Hang on, while, isn't he one of the top 10 ever racers in the Formula 1 survey? No, you're thinking of Heike Kovalainen. Same person. Oh. Disappointing McLaren driver. <laughs> um, so, and Mercedes are, are sort of grooming Russell to potentially be in the full works team at some point in the future. Although, having said that, they've never put any of their young drivers in the Mercedes works team in the past. But he'll be actually the first this coming weekend uh, of their sort of up and coming drivers that actually has made it to the works team. Um, and this is the if you're going to do it this is the time to do it you know you've got the championships are all sewn up nothing really to lose might as well give him a go you know otherwise if he does eventually make it to the team he's going to be completely um completely cold basically having only done testing so this gives him a chance to you know see what he's made of it's it's a bit of a weird one because he's not had much time to prepare and he's never actually scored a point before he's never scored a point and he'll definitely want to do that this weekend. I mean, all he has to do, basically, is not fuck it up. You know, nobody's going to expect him, realistically, to beat Bottas. Um, I am. But I, I'm not. I'll be surprised if he's that close to him, if I'm honest. I think... But I would... I, I think where, he'll be, he'd certainly want to be in Where do you think he'll finish? Well, bearing in mind, this is, that, this is the weird kind of semi-oval shit track, isn't it? <clears throat> yes. So it's four it's not corners. Oval, but it's, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a super short... You know, it's a, it's a bit of an unknown. We're not quite sure how it's going to go, but it's going to be a very busy track with a lot going on. Um, I think that Williams is, is going to score a point. This is where he's got to set up. You think Williams is, you think think, is going to get a point? No, I think won't. Jack Aitken's <laughs> going to score a point. <laughs> that would be pretty surprising. You should probably talk about Aitken as well. But just, just on Russell, I think if he can get in the top five, that would be a pretty good result in, in a car that he's not familiar with. Um, oh come on he's got to be Albon surely <laughs> but, well yeah probably Albon yeah but I I think he has to play it slightly conservative because the last thing he wants to do is go a little bit too hard try a little bit too hard and fuck it into the wall under the safety car this could be career ending reflect. this yeah, is a high it's pressure. not one of these things it's not one of these things where it's just all or nothing there's, a, there's in a way there's quite a lot riding on this well I'd say it's, it's not all or nothing it's something or nothing he can he can strengthen his case to be a future top driver or yeah. he can destroy his career in, I was going to say in flames, but that's not very funny this week. <laughs> that's <laughs> right, it's okay, it's fine. In metaphorical flames. You know, I, I'm interested to see how he gets on. I, I would I would expect him to be solidly top 10, but I wouldn't be surprised if he's not right up there with Bottas. You know, I, I would, if he can be within a couple of tenths of him in qualifying, and then that would be a really good job, I think. Um, as for Aitken, that's a little bit of a surprise. I mean, he has done some testing for Williams, but who would you not... have expected? I'm Van not really sure. Well, maybe you'd think that maybe this would be an opportunity for Williams to get an experienced hand in to, you know, just give him some feedback or something. Um, Mantle and Aitken hasn't exactly been covering himself in glory in F2 well, this year. Is that either they're going to give an experienced hand or give people experience? So. Yeah, but even even in the the sea of people they could give experience to, I mean, Aitken is currently I think twelfth in F two, so he's not <laughs> exactly flying along, is he? Then he's a perfect match for Williams. <laughs> <laughs> mm. 
Well, fair enough, I suppose. Look, all you got to do, mate, is finish 12th. Oh, I can do it. <laughs> it's what I was born yeah, for. I think he, I, I seem to remember he was better last year, so maybe he's just having a shit season. But um, I don't know. I don't follow it closely enough to ha- to be able to properly pass judgment. But if you'd have told me to put money on who would get that seat, it wouldn't have been. He wouldn't have been on the list. Okay, so in other news, talking about replacements, Haas has announced who will replace Roman Grosjean. Both this weekend while the Frenchman recovers from his burns and next year while the Frenchman looks for a new job, Pietro Fittipaldi will line up for Haas at the Sakir Grand Prix this weekend. He is the grandson of double world champion Emerson Fittipaldi and past results suggest he's a reasonable side of entirely unremarkable. Next year, Haas has confirmed that Nikita Mazepin will drive for the team. The Russian is currently being fairly ordinary in Formula 2, but has been promoted to F1 because his dad has billions and billions of pounds. So, Nikita Mazepin, I'm very happy about for next year's standings because I can mock him for the Nikita Elton John song and also Marzipan. Mm-hmm. So okay. that's at least three races sorted for me. Yeah, yeah. And also, he appears to be a bit of a twat as well. Oh, he's a total cunt. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Didn't he punch someone in F3? He punched someone. He did. He's basically Terry's wet dream, except he's not that good looking. (laughs) He's 21. Hey, on the the red flag during the race this week, I got to see what Latifi looks like. Don't think I'd seen him all year. (laughs) What did you think? Yeah. He seems the nicest of the billionaire sons. Um, (laughs) Interestingly, Mazapan's dad, Marzipan's dad, should we just call him Marzipan every time? Yeah, Marzipan's dad you <laughs> has a lot, a lot more money than either Lawrence Stroll or Michael Latifi. So he is the most billionaire son. On so Marzipan's safe. Yeah, the Marzipan fortune. Mm-hmm. Um, you could is, say he's just under the icing on the cake. <laughs> <laughs> Tortured, but I'll allow it. Yes, I don't. So, I don't like Marzipan under icing. It's, it's oh wrong. fuck off! Marzipan's the best bit. I just no. eat the Marzipan. No, no, I just want the fondant. I'm not even that bothered about the cake. Oh, you're an idiot. So another other Haas news, Kevin Magnussen's replacement has also been announced and it's Mick Schumacher, son of Michael. No pressure, Mick, but anything less than seven world championships and you'll be considered a failure. Oh, and you've got the worst car on the grid. Good luck. Okay, question. I've got a question. Is he called Mm. Mick Schumacher or is he Michael Schumacher Jr.? And he's called himself Mick to somehow differentiate himself from his dad. I actually Who? have no idea. I'm lo- I'm looking it up now. Because I think his name is actually Mick. No, it's Mick. That's I would go somehow further worse. away, to be honest. That's... I'd go for, like, Jacob. But Mick is somehow worse. That's like going, I've got a son. I've got a son. And I'm going to call tell. him Tez. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is a bit, um, it is a bit dodgy. But then Max, Max Verstappen's name is Max. And his middle name is Emilian. So, you know. Is it? It is. Oh, that's made me like him even less. <laughs> <laughs> it's a nice story, you know. Michael Schumacher was pretty good. I mean, he's a, he's a husband now. We've forgotten about him because all his records have gone. But it's nice to see Mick arrive. But I don't think Mick is as good as his dad is or was. Was. And I don't think he's going to do that well. I think he'll probably beat Mazepan. Oh, it's got, it's got Bruno Senna written all over it, isn't it? A little bit. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, good luck to him. Tell us how wrong we are. You can tweet us at For F1's Sake or find us on Facebook where we're For F1's Sake or email us at wrong at ff1s.com. 
Alternatively, if you think we're right, well, you owe us a beer. So thank you to those that have done so since the last episode. They are Joel Bradley Music. Ah, yes, the classic Bradley Music surname. They're a very musical family. (laughs) Yes, it's a nominative determinism if ever ever I heard it. Thank you very much, Joel. James Piddock. Thank you, James. Last time Piddock. I saw James Piddock. Piddock, he was being hit by a hammer by the side of the river. <laughs> what? <laughs> Sounds like a fish. I see. I was going to go paddock, like like racing, like no. Piddock Piddock Pass. No, no. Thank you, James. Kevin Brown. Hey, Kevin. What's brown and sounds like a bell? Dung. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. That's very good. Thanks, Kevin. I'm sure you, you can agree that was worth a pint. Martin Wright. Martin, right, right, right. I'm sure I did that last time. Martin wrong, more like. Martin, no, Martin right. I hope he's got some money left. Oh. Right, left, right, left. Yeah, yeah, he's we got some money. Yeah, Brilliant. Thank you, Martin, for the drinks. Christopher Turner. Isn't he a famous artist? Hey, no, the Turner Prize, that's him. He wins it every year. No, not him. The t- oh, maybe it was the Turner Prize. What's the Turner Prize named after? Is it Tina named Turner. After? I can Tina, Tina Turner. Ain't <laughs> hey, no man in high enough. <laughs> Ain't I'm, sure you, I'm sure you can, Tina Turner, but that's not the question. Adam Salem. And in our feet in ancient times, bring so what's that got to do with Where's he going with this? I'm singing Jerusalem. J- Jerusalem. <laughs> David Salem. Adam Salem. Wow. Oh, yeah, I got his name wrong. <laughs> right, okay. Uh, <laughs> would you be Adam Salem? No, it doesn't work. Thank you, Adam. Sorry. David Sayer, who says... You got my name right. I'm mildly disappointed. Thank you, David. Thank you. Uh, I hope that's better. Martin Whitworth. (laughs) (laughs) Wasn't he the team principal at McLaren? Martin Whitmarsh. (laughs) Thank you, Martin Whitmarsh. And thank you to all of our regular monthly donors who are Jason R. Bradley, Andrew Cunningham, Alan Digby, Ian Cox, Keith Falconer, Jenny Brynard, and Ralph Brynard, and... Bryce Davies. Hang on a minute. Oh so guys are amazing. Wait a minute. 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 So if they, if people listening become monthly donors, we don't take the piss out of the name. We just put them in a list. Here you go. If you want us to take the piss out of your name, send us a pint. If you want us to not take the piss out of your name, send us a pint every month, or just don't get in touch, and then we won't know you exist. Or if you want, if you want to support us regularly, then do a monthly donation. But on top of that do individual donations with a series of made-up names. So you can join them all, whether it's monthly or weekly, by going to ff1s.com forward slash pint, pint, pint. Right, here come the team. So masks on, they look contagious. The race was very dull, apart from the crashes and the fires, so we'll rattle through these like a nose cone through a barrier. <sighs> Mercedes, Hamilton made it look easy, Bottas made it look hard. Oh yeah, Hamilton won, didn't he, before we mm. lost him? I mean, Bottas <laughs> wasn't as fast, and then had a shit start, and then had a puncture, and then had another puncture, and Hamilton drove away. That well that. done. I mean, why does Bottas get all the punctures? <laughs> It does feel it's like just, he gets his more than his a, fair share of punctures. It's a skip. I mean, Hamilton is so good that he he can see all the debris like before he gets to it, and he just kind of gets it 
he gets he just around hops it with his, over it. Yeah, with his mind. Like his car, he's so good that his car never actually touches the surface. It just mm. skims it. So he never actually oh, hits that'd anything. That'd be bad for Aero. Yeah, it did. It did give him coronavirus though. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Hope he gets well soon. Have we said that? We should probably say that. We do yeah. hope he gets well soon. Get well I think soon. he's fine. He seems like the sort that he's going to be asymptomatic, isn't he? Well, you'd hope. Whatever yes. happens, he'll gram it. If he doesn't gram, we know it's serious. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's a good point. Red Bull! Albon got a podium, and that's what the record books will show. Not that he got gifted it and was miles behind Verstappen again. It's a trophy. Trophies are trophies. Eddie holds a goal. Mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> what? Yes, sure. Uh, okay, Hang that's on. probably... It's probably what he shouted on the radio to Christian Horner. <laughs> and then his mum was like, you can do it. Um, any um, holes a goal is one of those phrases that sounds like it should have a not dirty version. And it's used as a dirty thing. But actually I mean, it's golf, just dirty, isn't it? Golf, maybe? Yeah, maybe. Yes, Albon did manage a podium, but only after Perez caught fire. And he was, what, 30-odd seconds behind Verstappen? You know, it, you know, it was less terrible than previous races, but he's... There has been some talk that maybe Red Bull will keep him next year, which seems incredible to me. That's really embarrassing for us. Well, I'm starting to come around to the fact that they should keep him because otherwise it's just a bit embarrassing on the team, isn't it? They just get through all these other drivers that aren't Verstappen. The obvious choice here is just for them to sign Kimi Raikkonen. Kimi Raikkonen mm. would do well. Or Perez, Perez seems to be like, vote for Perez. I think he's the only one saying it. I think the only person that Max Verstappen would be scared of in a car, Jos Verstappen, get his dad yeah. in the next car. I bet if you've seen his dad lately, he's, he's not as lightweight as he once was. I'm not yeah, sure but I reckon, I reckon there's a lot of... In an Adrian uh, Newey car, which are famously tight-fitting, I don't think... Yeah, it doesn't, matter about, it doesn't matter about getting in the car, it's just about the fact you know that your dad's up against you, and he's gonna, I reckon he's scared of his dad. Maybe there should be a new rule where if you've got a famous relative... Who races and you're in F1, they have to race as well. So oh, we're going to have to get Emerson Emerson back. <laughs> I mean, admittedly, the Schumacher one is going to be a bit more problematic. <laughs> <laughs> we could get Ralph in. Just an ambulance going round. Come on, Phil, that's the kind of joke I'd do. I can't believe you'd stick I to my level. I genuinely didn't think about it until I said it. And then I was like, oh no, I've, I've dug myself into a Terry sized hole here. But you know, any holes are going feels like. Hey! <laughs> McLaren! Is this McLaren back to where they were at the start of the year? Fourth and fifth with good tyre work and racecraft? Um, sort of. But they did benefit slightly from Bottas, Bottasing and Perez catching fire. Very and good Stroll race, though. Don't take that away from them. And Stroll as well, yeah. You could argue that if Stroll was having a good day, he would have been mm. probably up there with Perez somewhere. A stroll on his day is pretty quick. So that suddenly would have turned into 7th and 8th, which is less but impressive. they did both drive very well. Very well indeed. Yeah, they did all right. Um, oh Sainz had a good race because he was miles back at the start. Because you remember mm-hmm. he had that weird rear axle lockup in qualifying where he oh, turned, yeah. went to the corner and then just basically drifted into the corner and stopped. Like a sort of an 18-year-old turning up at, at, uh, at McDonald's in his saxo. Yeah, science science had a cracking race actually because he was he was he started fifteenth after uh, everything went wrong in qualifying, and he yeah he ended up just behind Norris so that was good. Norris was a bit lucky because he had an accident at the start, but then Grosjean exploded and he had a chance to fix it. Yeah, they did all right. Yeah, but a bit bit spawny. But they deserved it, and they were better than Renault, which bodes well for Alonso's return. Ferrari, we got an insight into the real Vettel moaning about nothing. 
and you just know he's the sort that would drink the milk but not confess. Leclerc would just lock his milk away even if it meant that it went off. I presume this is like a, a flatmate scenario here. <laughs> yeah. Imagine being flatmates with those two. <clears throat> oh, imagine being flatmates with those two. They'd just be talking about tax all fucking day. Oh, do you know how much tax <laughs> I didn't pay today? Oh, God. I mean, I don't think the Vettel moaning was a particular surprise. He has got form for that. This, mm. this time he was moaning about Leclerc driving past him. And then they showed a replay, which as far as I could tell, showed absolutely nothing wrong with what Leclerc did at all. He just went past him. Oh, maybe I should like, have oh. just crashed. Well, he's going, maybe I should have just crashed into him. That would have been better. It's like, yeah, we did just see the Grosjean crash. Maybe joking about crashing into a driver might not be the best thing right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Save it for the podcast, Seb. Fucking hell. Exactly. Out. Wait till Wednesday and then it's fine. Yeah, Vettel was pretty hopeless. He did another classic spin, said the car was undrivable and then promptly overtook a few people, but was still only 13th. And Leclerc actually had a pretty good start, but then remembered that the car was rubbish and went backwards. But he did manage to get a point when uh, Perez caught fire. It's going to be interesting to see how they get on on the, the short oval track this weekend. I'm going to suggest very badly. Oh, really? Yeah. Racing point. When the race finally restarted, we needed everything to be calm and dull. So what does Stroll do? Crying out for attention, he manages to get his car upside down. Perez did another great advert for a career in Red Bull by doing really well and then his engine blowing up. Uh, Stroll, what do you think about that crash? Getting a car upside down is no mean feat in modern F1. <laughs> it reminded me a bit of um, Hulkenberg's crash last year at Abu Dhabi, or was it the year before? Whenever it was. Oh yeah, that was upside down. When he got and stuck also, in the barrier and he was hanging you, like a cow. Do you remember the, was it when Button did the return for Monaco when... Yes, Alonso he went into someone, Indy. didn't he? Was it Verline? And he ended up on his side. I think was it was weird. it was Verline, yeah. It's that kind of little thing where you just hit at the wrong angle and they just go, thunk. Yeah. So, um, you know, fun. But, but also, whose fault did you Whose fault did you reckon that was? I can't remember what happened. Did you? I don't, I it was, was Kvyat. Yeah. Oh, obviously Kvyat. <laughs> he was involved in all the crashes this weekend. Yeah. Although it wasn't his fault at all for the first one. That was Grosjean all over. This is but, true. But if Kvyat um, wasn't there, it wouldn't have happened. So, mm, I mean, <laughs> yeah, well, if the wall there it w- wasn't there, it wouldn't have happened, but he'd still um, be going. <laughs> right. exactly. I'm in Abu Dhabi, I'm in <laughs> Um, uh, yeah, so Kvyat got a big old penalty for that, which I thought was really harsh because I thought that had racing incident written all over it. Kvyat, racing point, yes, if you like, they should change their name. <laughs> I mean, they are changing it to. Aston Martin, but racing instant would be better. Kvyat kind of put it in the, put it up the inside, but not that decisively. But Stroll should have known he was there because Stroll had made a mistake like a corner or two corners early and was going really slowly. He must have known that that close to the start somebody was coming, hmm. and to just kind of turn in without checking your mirrors. All he needed to do was was just leave a little bit of space, and they'd have both happily carried on. So racing instant, yeah, and a bit of a silly mistake by Stroll but not worthy of a penalty. Perez, another mm. fi- another fire and some bad luck for him. He drove really well again. He nearly got yeah. another podium, two in a row. Yeah. Right near the end. And it's quite unusual for a Mercedes to catch fire. Bodes well for Russell this week. <laughs> yes, it does, doesn't it? <laughs> oh, he's um, not going to even start the race, is he? <laughs> uh, on the grid or on his outlap. Crash on his outlap again. But then we had another Marshall incident, didn't we? We had a Marshall running across a live track to try and put oh, out yes. the fire, which that was, was terrifying. Silly. 
because once again, 1977 South African Grand Prix, where a marshal ran across a track with a fire extinguisher and was hit by Tom Price, killing both the marshal and Tom Price. But at least Norris so, was very entertaining about it on the radio. <laughs> yes, he said, there's a fucking bloke on the track, or something like that. Yeah. And then was tweeting about it within seconds. Renault! Renault got the weekly prize for the meh midfield team, finishing in the points, unspectacularly. Ricardo was super pissed off that they kept showing F1 coverage on the F1 coverage. So this is Ricardo bitching about them showing the accident so much. Mm. So I get his point to an extent where that's quite a scary thing for other drivers to look at. But all, they don't have to have all the teddies there on the F1 channel. That's what I don't get. Why don't some of them have Eastenders in the Renault garage? Just put Eastenders on. Stick home and away on. Yeah. Um, well, there is an element of that. There's also an element of like, well, don't watch it then. You know, you've, I'm sure you've got other stuff to do. Hamilton went off to his little motorhome mm. room and contracted yeah. COVID. And all the others stayed in the pit lane and watched the fucking repeats again and again and again. Yeah. Go and have a wank. What did, what did I'd go and have a little power wank in the toilet. <laughs> Not, not even in the toilet. Just in the, in the garage. The, on the oh, grid. God, Terry's coming, literally. <laughs> <laughs> he is our boss, um, technically. <laughs> what did you think about them showing the, the replays? Because initially, we... they didn't. Initially, there was... Yeah. Which made it all the more scary was the fact that they weren't showing it. You were like, oh, fuck. Once we knew he was okay... Oh, God, am I going to say this? I'm going to say it. Once we knew he was okay, I was really disappointed they cut from the replay of the in-cockpit camera. See, I don't think they cut from it. I think that the camera was probably absolutely totaled and that was the last bit it managed to send in the split second before it crashed oh, into the do thing. So I don't, I don't reckon that was deliberate. But again, I, once we know that he's okay, mm. I don't have any issue with it at all. You know, we watch F1 for things being spectacular. And mm-hmm. whether you like it or not, and whether you consider it, you know, morbid fascination, whatever it is, people like seeing that shit. You know, the, the fact that they're dicing with that kind of danger is part of what makes it all so spectacular and exciting. So as long as we know they're all right, Mm. I'm fine with it. And you know True. it's going to be all over YouTube anyway. I mean, if you don't want to see it, don't watch it. You know, we all knew there was going to be a massive long delay. Turn it off, go make a cup of tea. Have a power wank. Yeah. Why doesn't Ricardo just read a book? That's Could've a series done. I'd like to see yeah. on YouTube. F1 drivers with their favourite books. Yeah. You can read one of my romantic novels. <laughs> be like, like Jack and Nori. And probably the same kind of reading age. <laughs> <laughs> Alpha Tauri. Kvyat's sponsors got a lot of airtime because he got involved in all of the crashes. Gasly did some wily strategy and ended up in sixth. Yeah, Kvyat, I think Kvyat was really unlucky this weekend. A, being involved in both the accidents, only one of which was slightly his fault. But the penalty was very harsh. And he still only just missed out on the points. He was 11th. But Gasly chanced a one-stop and it worked. Once several people in front of him got uh, retired, so he got sixth. So they did good right. on him. Kvyat is out of a drive at the end of the year. Um, I doubt we'll ever hear from him again. There's a new Russian driver coming in. Maybe that's maybe that's the rule. When did, when did Kvyat come in compared with when Petrov left? Same day. <laughs> Was it coincidence? Yeah. Was it a, mm. so? Since there's been a Russian Grand Prix, has there always been? I don't know. I need to check this. Has there always been a Russian driver? There's always got to be a Russian You're getting too close to the truth. Back away, <laughs> Phil. Oh, it's like the Da Vinci Code. Alfa Romeo. Kimi acted like an old man with a sore hip and Giovinazzi got screwed by the safety car. I can't remember what happened. 
Wow. Exactly. That, that's what happened. Kimmy acted like an old man with a sore hip. And Jim, everyone, everyone listening is going, yep, that's about right. Move on. Williams. Williams did okay for Williams. That is shit. Well, I mean, Russell was 12th. It's all right. And on merit, not on, you know, chancing pit stops Gasly style. No, not on merit. On merit because Perez and Stroll and Grosjean and everyone else was out of the race. He was... Ugh, ugh. Well, he wasn't last. It wasn't last. They're, I, they're not the shittest car anymore. Haas is the shittest car now. Well, it is. One of them is. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's... Does Fitter uh, have to drive that car? <laughs> I hope so. Yeah, yeah. That'd be great. Just dust it off a bit. Bit of spray paint. A couple fine. of new wheels. Get it going. Um, you know, they're, they're, I, I, you know, Williams are not as shite as they were. And I think that's good. Haas. Grosjean woke everyone up and Magnussen put us all back to sleep. Yep, yep, yep. My favourite bit about the Grosjean crash is that after the steel barrier, because they were grinding away a bit of the steel barrier, and I was like, are they going to weld a new bit in place in 40 minutes? That's impressive. And then they just wheel up some concrete blocks, (laughs) which is as if to say... (laughs) Look, the chances of anyone else crashing here is so remote. We might as well just put, like, spikes in or something. <laughs> spikes this in a tyre fire. I thought a very similar thing is, like, hang on. <laughs> this is this is almost the opposite problem. I mean, OK, nobody's going through that. But if Crochon goes into immovable concrete blocks at 135 miles an hour, it's going to be surely just as bad. But, you know, the show must go on and all that kind of stuff. All of which brings us to the standings with Terry Saunders. So, in first place of the Drivers' Championship is not dead because of the relentless F1 push for safety. It's Lewis Hamilton, who has got COVID. In second place, it's not dead because of the relentless F1 push for safety. It's Bottas. And in third place, he's not dead because of the relentless F1 push for safety. It's Max Verstappen. In fourth place, he's also not dead because of the relentless push for F1 for safety. It's Daniel Ricciardo. And in fifth place, he's not dead because of the relentless F1 push for safety. It's Sergio Perez. I should have made this sentence shorter. In sixth place, and is not dead because of the relentless F1 push for safety. And in seventh place, also not dead because of the relentless push for F1 safety. I can't keep saying it with the words getting in the wrong order. It's Carlos Sides. In ninth place, he's not dead because of the relentless F1 push for safety. And in tenth place, he's also not dead because of the relentless F1 push for safety. Eleventh place, not dead because of the F1 relentless push for safety. And in twelfth place, not dead because of the relentless F1 push for safety. 13th place is Vettel, he's not dead because of the relentless F1 push for safety. And in 14th place, it's Daniel Kvyat, who's not dead because of the relentless F1 push for safety. In 15th place, he's not dead because of the relentless F1 push for safety, it's Nico Hulkenberg. And in 16th place, who's also not dead because of the relentless F1 push for safety, it's Kimi Raikkonen. In 17th place, he's not dead because of the relentless F1 push for safety, it's Antonio Giovinazzi. And in 18th place, he's got minor burns on his hands because of the relentless F1 push for safety, it's Roman Grosjean. And in 19th place, not dead because of the relentless F1 push for safety, suck his balls, it's Kevin Magnussen. <laughs> and for the teams, I've actually done some research on this one, which means it's probably wrong, but I've worked out the time since a driver last died in any of their cars. So, it's been 23... Yep. 23,916 days since a Mercedes driver died. Although that was Le Mans and not Formula One. That was the famous 1950, you know, oh. that one. Pierre Lévesque. A Red Bull car has never killed someone. Red Bull to drink, however. No comment. <laughs> it's been 18,446 days since Bruce McLaren died whilst testing a McLaren. And Racing Point has never killed anyone except with boredom. And, oh, look, he's got a podium because of his tyres. 
Renault has never killed anyone in this sport. That's quite impressive. As far as I can tell. And they've been going for a long time. Yeah. Well done, Renault. It's been 14,088 days since someone last died in a Ferrari F1 car. That was Gilles Villeneuve. And no one's died, but some people have looked drop dead gorgeous in Alpha Tauri's <laughs> new <laughs> awesome winter range. It's been 14,733 days since an Alfa Romeo driver killed someone. <laughs> no, not killed someone. I read that <laughs> wrong. It's been a lot more recent than that. That's a different story. And about five days since Grosjean almost died in the house. And although they haven't scored any points, it's an honourable or rather dishonourable mention for Williams. And it's been 9,712 days since Ayrton Senna died in a Williams. Very good. Good researching. Thanks. Did you factor in the editing time when this goes out? Yes. Oh, very no. good. Oh, that's good. <laughs> Wrong this at ff1s.com. On the day of recording, which is, I don't even know what date it is. What's the date today? Wednesday. Wednesday, the Wednesday of December. Yeah. And now for the man of the match of driving. So Kevin Magnusson. What? And now it's time for the State of F1 with Terry Saunders. Okay, everyone, a bit of a different one. We've had a bit of a heavy subject day, so a bit of light relief. Not a normal State of F1, it's one of my reviews. So I bought an Xbox the other week, and so I've now bought the latest F1 game six months after it came out. So in case you're waiting for my hot take before buying, knock yourself out. So first things first, I opened it up. Oh, you just download it these days. It's all very... That's another thing. You buy an Xbox, right? And you have to download things for like a day before you can play it. Christmas Day is going to be shit. I tried the career mode, and this little preamble came along. It made me pick a face and a height, and then said, and I quote, and now the easy bit choose a team name easy bit i've been waiting my whole life for this moment if i had an f1 team what would i call it saunders is alas a shit name and a rubbish f1 team idea i had to get thinking the xbox kept warning me by the hour that i'd been on it for too long but i thought long and hard before i finally settled on my team name bonanza (laughs) which i think is a good team name and on pole it's bonanza then the first race was a team Boston driver, which although fits the narrative for the game, was a pretty ludicrous idea in this day and age. I'm picturing like a VJ Malia type squeezing himself into a cockpit and demanding the clearly faster teammate stays behind. The first practice session had what seemed like a fun idea of learning the track by driving through gates. But no matter how hard I tried, which wasn't very, I kept making them go red and the fake engineer had a go at me. And I'm like, I spent 40 quid on this, fuck off. And suddenly I could emphasise with how a pay driver feels. <laughs> but don't worry, I have a verdict. I did a 25% length race for Bonanza, and I'd obviously had the settings too easy as I crashed twice and came second. But two things struck me whilst playing. One, it made me quite depressed. You really have to concentrate or you'll go off. It can be relaxing, but also you can't help thinking of all the things you could be doing, like riding a horse or reading a book or eating meat and or dairy products. Secondly, it made me slightly appreciate how good F1 drivers had to be. Not once in 30 years of watching have I heard a driver complain that they went off because they got bored droning round and round. So, should you buy it? Not really. There's no other real-life sense of achievement or benefits, and you can maybe start that novel you've always been thinking of instead. 
<laughs> Very good. I quite like uh, I quite like the idea of you reviewing driving games. Was this a, one of the new Xboxes or one of the previous the previous it's ones? It's the new one. Ooh. But I've got the new baby one, not the fancy fancy one, the little one. Right. The okay. S series. And are you pleased with it as a piece of hardware? Yeah, it's fine. Are you not thinking oh, I should have got a PlayStation? The PlayStation is too expensive. I don't I don't really want it. I don't really want a game console, so I'm not going to spend like five hundred pound on one. I'm just going to spend like three hundred. <laughs> yeah, it's much more sensible. Yeah. Good. Well, I'm looking forward to uh, you playing another racing game next I've year. I've just well, downloaded one. Dirt, which I'm very disappointed to find out is a rally game. <laughs> yeah, it is good, but it's quite hard. I found it quite hard. Yeah, well, I thought it was going to be like a snuff game. <laughs> Dirt. <laughs> <laughs> Set in sixties Soho. You're a pimp. <laughs> was the state of f1 brought to you this season by carfection terry do we have any more videos this year there are two more coming for the last two races which means i've really got to get my fucking act together and finish the bits i've got to do before the next race yes wow it's this weekend professional great okay you you can find the state of f1 right now at youtube.com forward slash carfection and stick around to discover the best looking car content anywhere online that is youtube.com forward slash carfection that is it from us it's goodbye to phil tromans goodbye we haven't had time to talk about louis delatraz who as well as being the son of an old shit f1 driver uh is the other haas reserve driver who it seems to be the only Haas-related driver that isn't getting a drive in F1, and he's not very happy about it. And to Terry Saunders. We haven't had time to talk about the new newsletter again, which we did talk about last week, and it's not that I haven't thought of something else to not talk about this week. I'm just saying we've got a newsletter. We sent another one out on Monday. It was very funny, and you should sign up at the preordained URL that we talked about last week. Did you set that up? I think I did, actually. Mm-hmm. I can't remember. Could, can people just get to it from ff1s.com if they go yes. there? Yes. We'll be back next week to discuss the second of the Bahrain Grand Prix, which is also in Bahrain. Mm-hmm. In the meantime, check out our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash for F1's sake, and follow us on Twitter at for F1's sake. Terry, where can people buy merch? Well, we just had our big Black Friday sale. <laughs> um, Did we? we? Didn't. No, we didn't. Um, That's a good idea, though. We should have done that. If only, <laughs> if only we'd have thought of it. Anyway, you can buy everything at full price at <laughs> www.everyoneswordslashshopshop.com. Don't forget to check out our film club. Pick from Carfection Ferrari F one eight seven Formula One Legend. That is in the show notes. Thanks for listening. See you next week. Ivy Chigres. Goodbye. Bye. Podcast Network. So, retrospectors, what historical events are we ticking off on this week's run of Today in History? Well, on Monday, it's the anniversary of kids' classic, The Very Hungry Caterpillar. On Tuesday, how Rockford became the cheese of kings. On Wednesday, we meet the Jobs and Wozniak of the 1800s. On Thursday, the history of the YMCA, from the City of London to the village people. And on Friday, the edgy musical that made Greece the word. We discuss this and more on Today in History with the Retrospectors. Ten minutes each weekday, wherever you get your podcasts.